0: Suicide is a sensitive topic um, and I want to just recognize that before we even begin. It's a topic that uh, that for anyone who ever um, had a friend or a relative that uh, that, it, that had that, that, that happened to them, that committed, um, understands the sensitivities of it. Um, unfortunately, suicidal thoughts is extremely prevalent in our society. There are organizations that are dedicated to awareness of that. We're not gonna talk tonight so much about suicide awareness necessarily, which is an important topic, we do have a. a a fellowship actually which is dedicated to um, strengthening uh, mental health awareness in general on our campus and specifically within our community in Chabad Um, and they probably will be addressing suicide awareness as well and things that can be done about that tonight we're more going to talk about the Jewish approach to it another disclaimer i want to make before we get right to the text is that there are many different situations and scenarios that come into suicide when we're analyzing suicide from a jewish perspective um so we're going to try to address some of those tonight but by no means does that mean that you're going to leave with like the final um i guess you know uh, uh, judgment that can be applied to cases. Not that we ha- that we need to judge in any case, but um, there's there's many different situations and um, you could say caveats when you talk about suicide and the Jewish approach to suicide. So let's uh, let's go and begin right with the sources as we normally do. I want to take this opportunity to say that I always am open to and would love to hear of your requests for ideas of topics to cover. Um, last year there was a few topics that were requested by participants and thank God we got to some of them or at least we got to any of them that were requested. So we take your requests seriously and um, please don't be shy if you have any, any topic in Judaism or in life, that you'd, that you'd like to, 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 for us to discuss and cover the Jewish perspective. Okay. So, number one, 1A, one the Torah was given to man that he may live. In Hebrew, that is called Vechai Bahem. Plain and simply meaning, the plain and simple meaning of that is that we are here to live. We're here to live and life, the life of a human being, is of utmost importance and, um, and takes precedent over anything else other than there are three, three sins that according to the Torah, God says you should not do those sins even if it means giving your life. The next uh, line here one be the paramount necessity to save life, pikuach nefesh, supersedes virtually all the commandments of the Torah, including things like Shabbat or fasting on Yom Kippur, or um, I don't know. You think of any other uh, tradition or prohibition that you may know. There are only three prohibitions in the Torah which were commanded, with, and it's 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 yahareg meaning you, if someone comes. And God forbid says, I'll take your life unless you do this sin. There are only three sins that we're commanded to do. But if someone says, desecrate Shabbat, I'll take your life, we're not allowed, we have to break Shabbat rather than give our life. And the reason why I'm sharing that is for us to understand and appreciate the importance and the value of human life. 1C, because all human beings are formed in the image of the divine. In Hebrew, it's called B'Tselem Elohim. And if anyone ever heard of B'Tselem Elohim, that we were all created in the image of God. And therefore, the worth of a human being is invaluable. You can't put a price to it. One who intentionally, this is a quote from the Talmud already, one who intentionally takes one's life has no share in the world to come. Very harsh words about someone who intentionally takes their life now i want to just uh, explain this is not to be confused with hell very often people say what's the jewish belief in hell etc in judaism but that's a whole separate class which we did last year in the beginning of the year heaven hell and reincarnation um yeah that's good for you and um, But in Judaism, we don't believe in hell as an ultimate destination for anyone, other than there's certain people that have a, a warm, cozy spot in hell. But most human beings do not stay in hell forever. Rather, hell is a cleansing process to cleanse your soul. So here we're talking about the world to come. Um, then the next quote we have here is, This is a quote taken from one of the daily prayers, the daily blessings that we make right when we wake up. In Jewish tradition, in Jewish observance, uh, in Jewish life, one of the beautiful things that we do is every morning we get up, we wash our hands, and there's a whole series of blessings that we say thanking God for just basic necessities that we have, that we have, that we can open our eyes, that we have clothes on our body, that we can walk, that we can talk, a lot of different blessings that we thank God for all different basic things. We begin the day with gratitude. One of the prayers that we begin every single morning, I say this or my wife says this with our kids every single morning, is this following prayer. My God, the soul you have given me is pure, you have created it, you have formed it, you have breathed it into me, you preserve it within me and you will in the future remove it from me and will someday return it to me what does that mean what's the, what's the what are we saying essentially guys thank you for allowing me to wake up and have a new day right and and correct and what else that's relevant to this conversation and um, that too right but also, you have created it, you have formed it. You breathed it into me, you preserve it within me, and you will remove it from me. You'll also give it back to me. So, who, who, who does our life belong to? Where does our life come from? Our life comes from God. And God gives us this amazing, tremendous gift. And, and we have a mandate and a responsibility to preserve that gift, to keep this life as intact and healthy and meaningful as possible, and return it to God the way that God gave it to us. Another problem with suicide is you're playing God. You're playing God. God is in control. God is in charge. God decides when you belong here, and God decides when your time is up. Obviously, if someone committed suicide, in some way that means that that was meant to be. Just like any sin that a person commits, you say it was meant to be. But you have freedom of choice. So you, when you do that sin, you're committing a sin, you're taking your freedom of choice and you're doing that. But one of the, one of the big issues with committing suicide is you're, you're, you're getting involved in an area that, that's not yours, which is playing God, which is deciding when your life should come to an end or not. I just want to say, again, obviously, obviously, we understand that when people today's day and age are committing suicide, generally, it's coming from a place of tremendous, tremendous pain and suffering. And they're not trying to play God, they're just trying to escape the the, the terrible reality that they are in and they don't have the tools and the support to be able to address the challenges that they're in. So when I say that they're playing God, I don't mean to say, I'm not judging that person who committed suicide. I'm. I'm just giving a perspective to think about, for us to to be able to appreciate why that's a problem. Okay. Any questions, or, or, or can we move on? Um, when someone does attempt to commit suicide and they miraculously survive, do you think that was like, specific like explicitly like Hashem chose to save them, or was it just like that's just what happened? It's a good question. Um, It's hard to know, because we won't ultimately know the answer. It's very possible that, uh, as Hashem saying, nice try, but, you know. I mean, we hear that a lot. That's a very common thing. People try to to, to commit, and uh, they don't succeed. It's very possible. I mean, it's, you know, something we can speculate. Okay. Let's take a look, we're gonna take now a few minutes and just look at a few different times in Jewish history that we have heard of and seen suicide. Before we take a look, out of curiosity, guys, any, 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 any uh, situations come to mind? Any people you've ever heard of in Jewish history or any scenarios where, there was, where suicide was attempted or committed in Jewish history, anybody? We're going to get to that. You'd be surprised to hear about suicide in the Holocaust. We're going to get to that. What else? Masada. Exactly. I was going to no. say, come on. You guys, everyone here, or many of you have been to Israel, so Masada. What else? Any other ideas? Any other uh, times? Okay. Like Jewish suicide, or yeah. Suicide I'm talking about a right? Jewish suicide. I mean, unfortunately, suicide in general is. Uh, I would just had the uh, CFO of Bed Bath and Beyond. Did you, did you see that story? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that story. Yeah, just that was last weekend, I think. Okay, so let's take a look at the precedent in Jewish history. The first recorded um, episode that that we could say is is is. Seems to be a suicidal uh, story Is the story of Samson And Samson said Let me die with the Philistines And he bent with all his might And the house fell upon the lords And upon all the people that were therein So the dead that he slew at his death Were more than they that he slew in his life How, Excuse me So on, uh, from one level You could say that that was suicide On the other hand What kind of situation was Samson in? He's at war, what? Shimshon, Shimshon, sorry. No, that's fine. (laughs) Shimshon, right? Samson, Shimshon, he's at war, he's fighting with the Philistines. So you could say it was suicide because he knew that he was gonna go down when he did that, but it wasn't, uh, you cannot say that this is a random, um, you know, uh, a situation of suicide, that one day someone just decided to end their life and they killed themselves right? So that's, that's point number one. It would be, cons- it would be the, the closest thing we could say, compare it to is like a soldier that's at war and, you know, plunges into a, uh, a building full of terrorists to, to throw in a grenade and, and for whatever reason they have to go in or whatever it is and, and, uh, and, and they're ready to take their life and risk their life. But again, that's not, they know that they're ending their life technically, but they're at war. Next, we have an interesting story. This is often uh, pointed to about suicide. King Saul, Shaul Amalek. You have a question? Okay. King Saul, Shaul Amalek. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he likewise fell upon his sword and died with him. Okay. Let's, let's read a little bit uh, further down in the second book of Shmuel, of Samuel. And David, David said unto the young man that told him, How knowest thou that Saul and Jonathan, that Shaul and Yonatan, his son, are dead? And the young man that told him said, As I happened by chance upon Mount Gilboa, behold, Shaul leaned upon his spear, and lo, the chariots and the horsemen pressed hard upon him. And when he looked behind him, he saw me and called upon me. And I answered, Here am I. And he said unto me, Stand, I pray thee, beside me and slay me. For the agony hath taken hold of me, because my life is just yet in me. So I stood beside him and slew him. Because I was sure that he could not live after that he was fallen. So this story is analyzed a lot and discussed a lot and there are those that say that it was wrong that he made a mistake and the king Shaul should not have done that he should not have requested that someone take his life and should not have taken his life and there are those that say that from here and I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this with caution I'm not, I'm not saying this as a law right now but I'm just giving you a, a certain perspective there are those that say that from here we learn, because the king Saul was in such a predicament that he was in so much pain and agony, seeing what was coming to him. Okay, some say that when someone is in a terminally ill situation, that they that all the doctors are saying that they let's say you could say they're in hospice or they're terminally ill, and they are in tremendous pain. There are those that would say that in that kind of situation, they can commit suicide or what is mod- what the, the modern, uh, the medical term for it is euthanasia. I think we gave a separate class about that either last year or two years ago. Um, and then there are those that say that along those lines that he, or not along those lines, I should say, rather a separate perspective on the story is that as they say, he took one for the team. What does it mean he took one for the team? He saw what was coming. He saw that if they were going to, if the enemies were going to capture him, they were going to take so many more lives. And so therefore he made a calculation and he said, better that I should die right here and right now than the enemy should be able to capture me as the king and it will cause the loss of tremendous more life. Rabbi Hananya then radio said let he who gave me life take it this is a saying that he said going back to the point that we made in the beginning if, 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 if we were the ones who created our lives then maybe we would have a right to end it whenever we want I created it it's mine I have all the rights to decide when I want to end it but as we've spoken many times and I know that I always say I know this is not politically correct but this is the Jewish perspective. That, no, there are certain areas that we do have rights over in our lives. When it comes to the health of our body, when it comes to our body, we don't have rights to just decide when we want to cut our body, injure our body, change our body. We have responsibilities to keep our body intact the way that God gave us. There are, there are exceptions. We discussed this. We discussed plastic surgery. We discussed... And there's abortion, which is a whole separate conversation, which we're not going to get into right now. There are certain exceptions. There are certain, um, there are certain caveats. But as a general approach from a Jewish perspective, let he who gave me life take it. Let's move on to the next uh, scenario we have, the story of Hanukkah. You may be familiar with the story of Hannah and her seven sons. If you've ever been to the city of Tzfat, on that mountain where there are thousands and thousands of Jewish leaders and, 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 and uh, uh, all sorts of inspirational people in our history that are buried on that mountain in Svat. there is a section where you see Hannah and her seven sons. The seven sons of Hannah, I'm reading from, the, from the, the source sheet, the seven sons of Hannah were killed one by one by Emperor Antiochus Epiphanes for refusing to serve an idol. As the last son was being led away to be killed, his mother said to him, My son, go and say to your father Abraham, Thou didst bind one son to the altar Isaac, but I have bound seven altars. Then she went up on a roof and threw herself down and was killed. A voice thereupon came forth from heaven saying, A joyful mother of children. There's not much to say or to add. Uh, if you want to say that this is a case of suicide, maybe, she made it, maybe that was a mistake that she made. On the other hand, it's hard to, to judge her situation. She encouraged all seven of her sons to withstand bowing down to the king, and then she ultimately did that. The children captured by the Romans is a story of, of uh, children who were captured In Jerusalem and they caught wind of the fact that the um, the Romans were going to have them all cohabit with each with one another in in very immoral ways and they made the choice at that time to take their life rather than to commit those sins and uh, the the Talmud praises their decisions that they made to take their life rather than to, to engage in such acts Masada, we all know the story of Masada, right? They made a decision that they were going to take their life rather than, rather than have the, the Romans come and take them, and who knows what the end would be. And then they had that raffle at the end, who was going to be the last one. And again, this is a discussion that's been debated. Was it right? Was it wrong? On the one hand, Masada represents the very essence of Jews standing up and not giving in to their oppressors and fighting back. Was it right or was it wrong? There's different perspectives and different opinions. Crusades, we, uh, we find there was at one point in history a suicide of 500 Jews during the Third Crusade in 1189. The Holocaust that Jacob mentioned before. So it's interesting to note that even in the darkest moments of our existence, the Holocaust, Suicide was rare, and among Halachic Jews, virtually non-existent. That's a very, very powerful thought, if you think about it. And it just, before we move on, just to, to, to share that, I, I, I think that that goes to show that we always hear inspirational stories from people in the Holocaust that survived and how they kept up their faith. The fact that people could be in such a situation, and statistically, statistically, if you look into it, there were very, very few suicides during the Holocaust. It it shows on the power of us as human beings that God gave us this capacity, this potential. That on the one hand we can be living, you know, living the dream, living the life, having all the money in the world, and. Five vacation destinations and three motorboats, not just on the canal, but on the bay and have all the lives, right? But people somehow, unfortunately, still can't find purpose and meaning and happiness and take their lives. And then you have people that are living in the craziest of situations, in the most dire of situations, literally, mentally, emotionally all over. And somehow they find the inner strength to keep living and realizing that if I am still alive right now I could be in Auschwitz I could be in in in, in, in Dacha I could be in any camp if I'm still alive right now I have a purpose and I have something that I need to fulfill right now and I can only imagine I could I truth is I can't imagine I, I understand that I can't imagine but I guess I assume that that was one of the thoughts that went through these people and it's it's a it's an educated assumption because I have Heard from survivors. A lot of us have heard from survivors. And these are some of the things that help keep people going. Okay, let's, the last part of tonight we want to discuss is the law. Practically suicide in Jewish law. So, this is taken from Maimonides. For one who has committed suicide intentionally, we do not occupy ourselves at all with the funeral rites. We do not mourn for him nor eulogize him. However, we do stand in a row for him at the cemetery after the funeral to offer condolences and we recite the mourner's benediction meaning the kaddish and we do all that is intended as a matter of honor for the living relatives. So, two things that I want to oh, you know what? Let's let's continue here and then we'll 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 analyze a little bit. 3b. It is not he who what is intentional suicide? It is not he who climbed to the top of a roof and fell down and died, nor he who ascended to the top of a tree and fell down and died, as these may have been accidents. Rather, a willful suicide is one who calls out, Look, I am going to the top of the roof or to the top of the tree, and I will throw myself down that I may die. What about like dare doubling? About what? Like dare doubling. like Daring someone? No, like doing dareful stuff, like cliff jumping and stuff like that? So, uh, there are those that would say there are certain very, very, um, um, you could say extreme or very strict opinions that would say that something like bungee jumping is prohibitive because there's a very big chance that you won't come out alive. Um, Not to say that every time you sign a waiver that means that you're putting your life at risk, right? Today, we, every time you go skiing, you're signing a waiver. Every time you go mountain uh, sliding, you're signing a waiver. So I'm not saying that, but certain things, there are those that would say that. I'm not saying that that's the law. I'm not saying that there's a. But so that's. Or like I stunts where you train, you like train for them, but there's still like a high risk. So again, it's it's. I don't think that though any of those kinds of scenarios can be compared to this because if you see the quote here, it says, Look, I am going to the top of the roof, right? And I will throw myself down that I may die. He's not saying I'm going to throw myself down and I dare you that I'm going to do that I'm going to survive. Yeah, There's a very big difference over there. So a lot of what we're talking about does have to do with the person's intention. Like the jumping, the intention to fun. Right. So, 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 right, so that's what I'm saying. There are those that would say you're not allowed to do that because you're putting yourself in a situation that there's very high chances that you won't make it out. But, but if you want to clearly, like a dry law, you, you have to have the intention of ending your life. Let's continue. A child who has committed suicide even willfully is not considered to have attained his full measure of intelligence. Likewise, an adult who commits suicide in unusual circumstances like King Saul, we do not withhold any funeral or mourning rites because the suicide is not considered willful. Before we read the next one, you know, let's just read the next one and then we'll, just, we'll analyze a little. Rabbi Schreiber was asked concerning a person found drowned in a river and he responded, Fear, anger. Or emotional instability would remove the deceased from being considered an intentional suicide. This was the case with King Saul. The laws of mourning, including the recitation of the Kaddish prayer, are observed even for an intentional suicide victim. So two things that I want to point out here that I think are very important uh, before we conclude with the conclusion of the summary. Number one is, if you notice, even in the initial law, before we got into starting to talk about what is considered if someone did it on purpose or not, and, and, you know, um, intentional or not. No matter what, the family of this victim, the family of this person who committed suicide, they they definitely didn't do anything wrong. And at the end of the day, if you think about it, Kaddish is for the person who passed away. Shiva is more about the people who are mourning the person who passed away. There is an element of Shiva that also is is helps the soul of the person who passed away. But generally speaking, in in general cases, you know, the person who passed away, I mean not not in a case of suicide, but generally speaking, the person who passed away, they're they're okay. They're 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 in the world of truth, they're in heaven, they're okay. It's more the people down here that are suffering that are missing them that have that challenge. So it's important to remember no matter what, um, that we have to remember that the people who this person, their family, their friends? There's there's no difference as it relates to them. And the other point is that let me let me let me read to you. In other words, what we just read. In order for a suicide to not to be considered intentional and to be considered something that someone did in their right mind and a hundred percent, you know, they have to have. All things going well for them in life Emotionally, physically, mentally, financially of course Um, They have to have a stable life in all areas And out of the blue They just go get up one day And decide to take their life How often does that happen guys? I can't say never But very, very seldom, right? Most times, now, we may not know about it, they may be suffering inside, maybe their therapist knows about it, maybe no one knows about it. There was a case of suicide here a few years ago. I don't know if any of you were here yet. Uh, um, what? Was it, was it Jewish? No, what? no, not Jewish. And your fraternity? Yeah, no, Max? Still, oh yeah, I was here for that. You were still, yeah. you were here? You were yeah. a freshman already? Yeah. yeah. No, it was more, it was uh, 2020. Was, yeah, you're right, to it's twenty twenty is two years ago, but it was it was the beginning of twenty twenty. You're right. So in that case, you know, everyone was caught by surprise because he seemed to be he was very happy and he was although there was a history in his family, that his father did something similar as well. So in that case, obviously he was suffering. There's no question that he was suffering, and we, we understand that. That that's what we can understand, whatever we could understand, whatever we think we can understand. But my point is, besides the fact that we should never be judging altogether in any, in any case scenario, but the human being sometimes does, the mind does wander, regardless of that, bottom line, from a Jewish law perspective... The only way that these laws will be applicable of things that we refrain to doing is if it's intentional that they did it out of a healthy, stable place and out of a healthy, stable situation. Let's read the uh, summary and conclusion. Suicide is a criminal act and strictly forbidden by Jewish law. The cases of suicide found in Jewish texts took place under extenuating Extenuating and unusual circumstances. In general, many of the honors performed for a dead person are not afforded for one who committed suicide intentionally. Intentional suicide is defined as one who previously announced his intentions and then killed himself immediately thereafter by the method he announced, and the entire process was witnessed. Children are never regarded as deliberate suicides, nor are those who commit suicide under extreme mental or physical strain, or while not in full possession of their faculties. So that's another thing that happens very often, that people are intoxicated or otherwise not in control of themselves when they take their life, unfortunately. Such people are afforded full burial and mourning rites. Intentional suicide is forbidden because it constitutes a denial of divine mastery and ownership of his life, his body, and his soul. Any questions, comments? Yes? What if, like, you have plans to kill yourself and then, like, you get drunk to actually do this? Again, what if you have plans to kill yourself? Yeah, like, you want to and then you get drunk just so that you're, like, fine. I mean, well, when you start getting into drunk, what does it mean, drunk? How drunk? You know, there's, there's different levels of, uh, of, of intoxication. To the extent that you're not in control of yourself, or you are in control, there's different levels. Um, yeah, I, my my answer to you would be that from a, from a dry Jewish law perspective, you you would not be held liable, quote unquote, for committing the suicide because at the end of the day, you were not in control of yourself when you did it. What if it doesn't matter, but but at the end of the day. When you did it, maybe you would have chickened out the last minute. Maybe, 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 at, at maybe in the very last moment, you would have decided, "No, I'm not going to do this." Maybe you would have changed your mind. And the fact that you, you know, you you were under the influence, so therefore you, you can't you can't know necessarily. You can't you know. Theoretically. I think that uh, as we leave tonight, besides for understanding the Jewish perspective on this, which we covered, I think, pretty well, I think one important takeaway is, what are we doing for people that we love and care about? And even, even if you're not concerned that they're having suicidal thoughts, but just someone who you think could, could use some support and uplift like what are we doing for them? How are we helping people? I I, I I'm only sharing this because I think it's relevant. The, without getting into details, there's someone I know who has a sibling who just transferred to Binghamton, and they were at the main Chabad, and I was in touch with them uh, over the last weeks. And I was like, so how was your, you know, your your sibling? How are they doing? So they said that the sibling came to Chabad, and. Tried to sit doesn't yet have their crew of friends, and tried three times to sit with three different groups of friends, and each time was denied to sit with that group of friends. And I'm sitting here and trying to think, like, how, 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 what do we do? You know, we have to help this person. They 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 just came to Binghamton, and we have to help them become more comfortable. And um, I'm only sharing this because you, you never know. What kind of positive action that you could do, that that extra, yeah, maybe a discomfort for you. You planned on talking to your friend over dinner about this this discussion, or you planned on walking home with your friend, and you were gonna have this, and then this random person just, you know, uh, magnetically stuck to you, and uh, and and but you made them feel part of it, and you made you made them feel like a million dollars. You never know, literally, what kind of action could be the determining factor that, that, that changes a person's mood and perspective and attitude, etc. These are real things and real life. So Hashem should bless us that we should never know from these scenarios in, in real life, um, but we should be, we, we, thank God that, we're, that we are here and we're able to be support for our friends and be able to, uh, to, to do that and to, to help people. And you should know that people who struggle with suicide most of the time, struggle with these thoughts till they die. It's like a lot of other addictions. I know people that are in their 70s that are still struggling with suicidal thoughts till today. It's not something that easily goes away. It's, it's, it's a challenge that people have and they struggle with it and they fight it and they fight it. So we should always try to um, extend a little bit, you know, more kindness and sensitivity as much as we can. Thank you guys for coming, Congrats. and uh, and uh, and looking forward to a whole semester next.